Welcome back to Black and Bougie. This is Leandra. And this is Sasha. And we're back with our ninth episode, which happens to be our second to last episode for season one. Oh no, but we will be back for season two, so don't worry. <laughs> so let's get into it. Sasha, do you have our first, our random question to begin um, our topic? Yes. Yeah, so it isn't a random question, but it is a very important one for the topic we have today. So are you ready? Yeah. Leandra. Sasha. What does mental health mean to you? So what does the word mental health mean to you? And what do you think when you hear that word? Well, mental health for me means just to make sure that everything is unclogged, kind of like your arteries, like everything's unclogged. You don't have backup Um, subconsciously. You don't have anything that could like seep into your, your mind here and there just from trauma or just from like even things that are not like big trauma childhood trauma like bullying it's it's like it's big but it's not that big unless like your bullying was like really bad as a child then I'm sorry um then some little things to like you think people forgot about you you know what I mean just to make sure that all that is cleared up you know you know that you are a valued person of society with your friends so that's what I think when I like hear it um what it means to me is just talk your shit out just talk it out you know yes your friends are not therapists and and if they are not emotionally ready or they cannot emotionally bear your problems then like don't don't tell them but find someone who could be that person to just be like wow i see you i hear you because i get it we're young we don't all have health insurance like me so (laughs) Um, we cannot always afford a therapist because, again, no health insurance. And who's paying $2,000 a session just to hear somebody be like, so your dad abandoned you. How does that make you feel? Like, we get it. We get it. Relax. Sasha? Well, um, when I hear the word mental health, the first thing I think of is actual, uh, disorders. So... The first thing I that comes to mind is anxiety and being anxious and truly understanding whether it, a person has a mental disorder in a sense. Because anyone and everyone can be anxious, but when it starts to affect their daily lives right. or it starts to become present within themselves a large amount of the time, that's when people really should look into it and go see a doctor. So that's what I think about when I hear mental health and what does it mean to me? And we got to make sure we come back to something that you said. And I thought it was so interesting because I see it differently. But to me, it means accepting that sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable, accepting that it's sometimes it's hard to seek out help whether it is from a therapist, whether it is from a friend, significant other, whoever it might be. Because engraved in certain cultures and certain um, groups of people, it is ingrained that you should just hold it in and not speak up. Mm, Yeah. 
I would just would like to disclaim that whatever we talk about on this episode, we have not been diagnosed with anything. We have not gone to a professional. As per reasons mentioned before, i.e. we're broke. So we just had to figure this out throughout our 20s mm-hmm. and from our childhood and teenage years and kind mm-hmm. of accumulate it and figure it out ourselves that this is what we've been through. And I do realize that it is still, it's still valid. Just because we have not been professionally diagnosed does not make it not valid. All right, yes. Sasha, go ahead. No, I was just saying that sometimes it's hard to speak out and sometimes it's very difficult to be vulnerable with someone and say, hey, I need help. I need your help. Could you please come help me? So that's when I right. think of mental health. I think of either learning how to be vulnerable or feeling that you it's weak to ask for help, even though it's not. Well, that's just our, um, what is it called? Generational curse. That's a part of our generational curse. Um, And if you guys don't know, we are two African-American women. And a part of the generational curse of being two African-American women, people, etc. Is the fact that we've had to bear a lot of shit and grin and bear it. Because if we show any emotion, we're too emotional. We're angry. We bring up stuff in the past that... It's not necessary to today when that's not true at all. Um, we're allowed to express our emotions. And, yes. uh, and other people, it's fetishized. But it's us is seen as something that's dangerous and should not be taken. Um, and not be taken like as serious as if we were white or Hispanic or Asian or any other culture. Yes. So... I have a question. You talked about anxiety. Is that one of the things you felt like you had a problem with? Uh, I have a problem with it, definitely. Yeah. So I'm going to start a little bit back to when I first started my mental health journey. It mm-hmm. started in college. And I remember it was my last semester before graduation. And I used to work in a lab. And I had to help them get their graduate students um, application organized. So I was sitting here thinking like these students have 4.0s. These students did this, they have publications and some of them did not get accepted. Mind you, I had already applied to two grad schools. I'm like, oh God, I haven't heard back from anyone. And you know, grad school is expensive. So if I did hear back, I would need to find a way to pay for it. So I'm like, these students are doing so well. Why do I deserve to go to grad school? I had a 3.0 GPA and that was a struggle because I messed up my first year. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, what makes me think I deserve to be in grad school? And so I didn't realize at the time that I was having a panic attack because I was walking to a different department and I'm sitting there working back and forth, pacing. I was hyperventilating, I was breathing very heavily. And I remember calling my aunt and my aunt was the first one to say, hey, do you have anxiety? And I'm like, what? I don't know what that even means. Like, what, do I, what do I know? What is anxiety? What, what is this? And so I had to do a lot of deep diving into what people with anxiety may have or what symptoms they may show. So then as time went on, I noticed that whenever I would feel down on myself or whenever I was starting a new adventure, people would consider that like, oh, you know, you're just a little bit nervous for what's going on. But no, I would have panic attacks before anything happened. I've gotten that under control now. 
and Mm -hmm. I know my signs but at the time it was such a struggle and I thought there was something wrong with me like mind you these panic attacks would come with me breathing heavily my chest would just feel like it was concaving on itself and the only way I would control myself is if I like close my eyes and squeeze my fists so tightly right but now my anxiety I at least know the triggers I know what happens when I start to have like a panic attack or my anxiety is getting the best of me and once in a blue moon there are times where it's just like no no this you're just gonna have a bad day sis and it's okay <laughs> no it sounds right. bad but it's true no it's you okay. but it's, it's you just know when it's one of those days and it's like you just have to get through it and grin and bear it a little bit mm-hmm. well do you okay so do you want to know when i finally realized that you had actual like anxiety oh sure oh my gosh it's known no <laughs> I don't, I don't, okay i hope you don't mind me telling the story but it's when you and your boyfriend were going on a date and it's before you guys were official mm. official yeah. and you were running you were already running a little behind and you forgot your wallet and you called me basically almost in tears yeah like oh my god look at me y'all left my wallet he's gonna be so mad at me and i was like what and then i said wait if this man's mad that you left your wallet at home and you have to go back and you're a little late then there's more problems that then you're telling me but it really wasn't that and i and, and you kept talking and talking and i was like okay S- sasha just go back home and get it and just mm-hmm. tell him that you're gonna be late it's okay all right it's not like it, <laughs> it's, it's it's not like it was like you have to go to work or something all right it's it's <laughs> even if so it's oh it's okay <laughs> We get it. It's okay. Like, you're going to be fine. And she told me that she profusely apologized to this man. And he was just like, it's cool. So that's when I realized, like... He was, like, really chill. So he didn't even... Like, he didn't accept the apology. So it made it worse. And I was like, he's not accepting the apology. But all he did was, like, literally once we got into the cab to go where we were going, he fell asleep. <laughs> right. He was like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't notice. I just went with you to get your wallet. And in my heart and soul... I was just like, I ruined everything. Yeah, and so that's when I realized you have like, in certain situations, you do have like crippling anxiety, which I can relate to because I don't want to say it's situational anxiety, but that's what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm I'm not diagnosed, so I don't want to officially say that this is what I officially have, but that's what I've experienced because... So growing up, I always like if something was coming down to the wire too much or I felt like something was getting a little like over my head, like I was always like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I grew up really close to my mom and my mom, like even when I'm like yelling and screaming, like she knows then that it's she'll know it's another emotion, um, which is why you tell people like sometimes when I yell, I'm not actually mad. I can be sad, hurt or just like annoyed I just that's just my way of like letting it out and it's it's bad but it is what it is you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. I finally realized I had anxiety in my early like a quarter to mid 20s when I finally told my mom mom I have anxiety and she said I know she said you've been like this since you were young um and she's always told and she always told me like Leandra do it now or Leandra you show you you know I don't want you in this situation to get anxiety and then you, you're 
running around yelling or you're, you're running around like pissed off because you know you're anxious about something mm-hmm. and I know it's situational anxiety because like these are not situations that are normally calm mm-hmm. anyway like a job interview or like moving but these situations where like I literally shut down mm-hmm. like I literally were like I don't want to talk I'll keep I guess I'll keep going like I'll keep going and certain like if it's not that bad mm-hmm. but like when I was moving I moved to Mount Vernon and when I moved here the day I moved I was not done packing mm-hmm. and the movers came and I I bawled <laughs> I cried I had a panic attack I literally had to put my head between my legs because I got so anxious that anything was not done and I had a call, like, I called a friend, and she came over, and by the time she came over, like, my attack was over, and everything was fine, but it looked like I was being dramatic, and I really wasn't, like, this is just how I react to things that are just, like, you're not ready, this is it, the only time that's not, that's, that doesn't happen to me is, like, when I design something, because mm-hmm. I'm a digital artist, um, and, like, kind of a graphic designer but uh, like real life situations like I had a job interview and I my hair was not coming out the way I wanted it to and I thought it was gonna come out great and it just came out looking ugly and I was searching for things that I thought I put in my bag and it was kind of a hot mess mm-hmm. um, I got there on time which I thought I wouldn't but it was still a hot mess so in certain situations I do have like anxiety where I'm just like this is it. It's over. My life is done. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> no, it's just so interesting to hear that. And mm-hmm. it's like one thing I did notice is when you do have these attacks uh, or have these moments, it differs for everyone. So there can be like physical and mental or emotional ways to know that, okay, I'm having an attack. What is going on? Like, I think one thing that I read somewhere was that for people who have anxiety, something they would do is they would keep themselves busy. So they would right. keep adding more and more and more to their plate, even though they know they shouldn't. You know, and in the end, they tend to get burned out. But if they allow their mind to wander for a little bit, they feel like they'll lose control. And that's See, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And see, I I noticed that about myself because back when I was in school, that's one thing I would do. I'll keep adding more to plate, my plate. Like, oh, I'm in school. I work full time. Let me go do this internship. I still want to go hang out with my friends. I want to do this. I got financial worries. I have to do this. I have to do this. And then there would just be days where I would try to get out of bed and my body is like, no. And my mind's like, no. And I just sit there. See, I can't do that because I have more tasks added on. It actually creates the anxiety. More tasks put on mm. is like rocks piling on top of me. Really? Like, like yeah. So I, so I really, I honestly cannot. I can't do the whole like add stuff on. What I can try to do is keep myself busy mm-hmm. by doing the tasks I'm supposed to do anyway, mm-hmm. and try to get it done. But the whole time I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna win. And it's just, it's like your, your mind is racing a thousand miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that honestly a part of it is I honestly I think is because like when I was sixth grade I was diagnosed with ADHD I was actually diagnosed with this mm-hmm. I don't know if I still have it but sometimes I do feel myself like lingering out of a conversation mentally mm-hmm. where I'm like in that and then girls that's how it is that's why you cannot tell in girls because it's 
more of a, like a silent thing in girls and boys it's in boys you can see it it's like oh he's jumping off the walls like oh he's just not thinking like he cannot stay on task like la, 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 like but in girls it's like I and I never understood growing up why I just couldn't focus or like my mind would daydream off to other things and it was because of that it's because I had ADHD so I think a part of that translated into anxiety to be honest with you mm-hmm. because when I was first diagnosed or whatever and before I was taking vacation how I was was I would forget so until like even after the last minute mm-hmm. I would just forget about it I would just be so forgetful and I feel like that created some some of the anxiety mm-hmm. so it's, it's a bear out here we struggling I just want to be rich <laughs> so how do you think during the, the pandemic, the crisis, that your mental health has changed? All right, so or that, elevated. That's such a interesting question because I, it's going to be a two part answer for me. Okay, no problem. So, like I was saying earlier, I already know my triggers, and I already know what to do and how to calm myself down when I'm having an anxiety or a panic attack. But I also felt like I was slowly falling into some sort of depression. There would be days where I would say, let me get up and do my work. And even though I would prep myself, prepare myself to get work done, I would just roll back in bed and do nothing all day. I remember there are some days where you would call me or any of our friends would call me and I would say, yeah, um, I, mean, I need a mental health day. I cannot today. And you guys are very understanding. You said, okay, talk to you later, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you couldn't, if you didn't hear from me for a while, it's honestly most likely the fact that I just needed time to myself. Right. So I'm thinking that was one of the key things. Well, one of the first key things is that I may have slowly fallen for seasonal depression. That's the thing. And code, forget COVID depression. COVID is that, that's just getting everybody. But I also reached out for help. That was my biggest thing. So it took me a long time to understand that it's okay to ask for help. I'm very independent. I do everything on my own. I don't ask for help from nobody. If anything, (laughs) I feel like I'm... I need to be the one giving help to everyone. I want to be the support because at least with, this is how I feel with our friend group, our little friend group. I feel that I should have my stuff together. Obviously I don't, Um, it's a work in progress. It's always going to be a work in progress, but I feel like I should have my self together because I'm the oldest. I, you guys should look up to me in that sense. At least that's You're how You're not I feel. the oldest. Well, not including that other person, but our, like, say, our regular <laughs> friend. <laughs> not including someone else who's actually older. Yes. But when I go back to, like, my high school friends, I'm the youngest. So I feel like I can slack up more. I don't have to have my stuff together. But I... During quarantine, I sought out counseling. So I did speak to a counselor who helped me understand like what I can do to 
get myself aligned to understand like, hey, sometimes you're just going to have a bad day and it's okay. But I think one of my biggest steps forward was recently I had a really bad attack, a really bad episode where I just woke up, looked around and burst into tears and I could not stop myself from crying. And I reached out to my partner and it, I remember I remember it was such a hard text message to send because I was just like, you initially I was like, I need help. Like I need to talk to somebody. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't say that. I, that sounds terrible. But I started, I remember it took me at least 10 minutes to really formulate this text message and to finally be like, hey, I'm having a really rough time. I really need to talk to you. And I remember he was there. Like, I can't talk on the phone when I'm having these moments. I can't. I just don't have the energy to. Texting is a lot easier. Or if the person is physically there, it's a lot easier. Even then, I think that would be hard. Texting is a lot easier for me in that regard. And I just remember that day, I knew that, okay, I've reached out to someone. I got help. Now I need to get up out this bed and move. Because if I don't move, I will stay in this bed all day crying. So let me get my butt up and let me go be around people. And I remember I had um, planned to go out with a friend and we missed, we were supposed to go out a week before and something came up, we couldn't go. And then I said, okay, this is the day. I'm going to hang out with her and her sister. I Nothing's gonna stop me. I don't care how I feel. I need to be around people. This will ease it up a bit. And sure enough, just being around them, they have such positive energy and getting outside helped me so much. So I think that was my biggest thing is the fact that I was able to understand and I reached out for help when I needed it. Mind you, it's still hard. I'm not going to lie. Like when I'm having a bad day, this <laughs> uh, is going to be tough and be like, huh, everything is good. Even though in my heart and soul, I'm sobbing. But yeah. when I know I'm having a really, really rough time, I at least know I do have the capability to reach out and ask. That's really interesting. Um, because my 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 experience has also uh, also been kind of like a two parter, so that really like was changed or elevated. It's I'm like Holly Jenner. It's the year of me realizing things. Um, when quarantine first started, I realized that I would I would just had like I don't want to say walking depression, but I walked around thinking I was fine and I wasn't. Like I had issues, and it mainly stems from the fact that. I am not where I think I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about quarter midlife crisis. I cried at work the day I turned 25. Like, because I was at work the day I turned 25. And I couldn't, couldn't not be at work because I have no money. <laughs> so, it, I just, I, I honestly really just, it was just me like thinking like, wow, I really don't have anything together that I thought I would or like wow I'm, I'm really not where I'm, I'm supposed to be like I'm supposed to be living it up like carrying sex in the city by now like that's my thought process because that's what I've always envisioned for myself mm. and so like I wake up in the middle of the night at like 2 or 3 a.m. 
I would just be up crying. I would watch a cartoon and I would just be crying. And I don't know why I'm crying. And this is the beginning of quarantine. Um, I I smoked a lot of pot. <laughs> like I'm not gonna say a lot of you. And it was just to like suppress what I was whatever I was feeling at the time because I just was so disappointed in myself. That's what it was. I was just disappointed in myself and what I haven't accomplished. Like, whatever my mom told me, like, oh, I'm so proud of you. I don't know. I did not know. I didn't understand why. I was like, why? I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I felt. Like, I'm happy that she was proud of me, but it was just how I felt at the time. Uh, and so that that turned into... It's suppressing a little bit, but, you know only because I'm also just a very social creature and when I'm away from people for a long long time I fall into like a depression mm-hmm. so I did depressive episodes with like various and it seems little to other people but for me it's a really big thing mm-hmm. so for basically a whole year I was group phone calling with Sasha and our other two friends and it was great you know what I'm saying but then of course that getting back to the normal world um, where everybody doesn't really have time for you anymore because they're living their their lives, obviously. Then you kind of fall back into that depression. And then uh, recently, my best friend called me and she was pissed at me because <laughs> I, I've been kind of, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I was avoiding her for like three weeks. Jeez. Because, and again, it has to do with the fact that I'm disappointed in myself. I feel like I should be somewhere and I'm not. And it was just the fact that I'm not saying this to everybody in the world right now, but everybody in my friend group, in my circle, is doing something. They have jobs. They're getting money to do projects. They're trying to get where they want to be in life career-wise. You know what I'm saying? Um, even my best friend, she got a job. And, and a good job. I'm not talking about, like, those, like, $18 hour jobs. I'm talking about a good job where you can pay all your bills and still, like, go out for mimosas. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And... It was just bumming me out because I have been searching at high and low. I've completed many applications and I just, I didn't want to tell her um, just because of the fact that she, my best friend's also a mom and I, sometimes certain things I don't want to tell her. I purposely don't tell her because I just think she has bigger problems. She's a single mom. She has two beautiful kids, but she's going through it herself. You know what I mean? Um... And so, but it was also like a game of phone tag. So she would call me in the morning. I would call her back because I was asleep. And which I did all the time. I would just sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's another sign. Like I knew I, something was wrong. Like even my mom at one point said, you look depressed. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I guess. I was trying to play it off. But anyways, um, <laughs> but anyways, she, uh, she, and then she would call me later, but I'll be on the phone with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I told her that. I was like, well, it was like a clever phone tag. Like, you know what I mean? You try to make those excuses. And then she was like, no, like you have made my phone calls. You could have called me back. You could have told them because you know, you haven't talked to me in like three weeks. And this person I talked to almost every day, every other day. So it was definitely a shock to the system that I was not calling her back or I didn't answer her phone calls. Um, but I ended up apologizing. I was like, you know, what? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. And she actually told her other best friend, like, I think she's depressed. And I was like, look, yeah, I have been actually. And it's been my financial situation. And the major things that, that can depress me is my financial situation, uh, my mom's health, mm-hmm. or just mean 
and, and me not being where I think I should be. So it was it was just a financial situation knowing that soon I'm going to be, I'm broke, broke. I, it just, I don't like it. And this is one of the reasons why I say I want to be rich. Because I don't like feeling like I have to struggle. I don't like feeling like I have to pay a bill and sacrifice another bill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay rent and sacrifice my phone bill. I don't want to pay my phone bill and sacrifice utilities. I don't pay utilities and sacrifice something else that I have in my life mm-hmm. financially. So... Finally, she said to me, I don't care how small you think your problem is. Tell me your petty ass problems. She said, don't just not answer. And she thought I did. She thought it was me not trying not to be her friend anymore. But I don't know. You know, those people you just can't lie to. Yeah. She's one of those people, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, And like, yes, I was talking to people and not talking to her. But again, it's easier. It's really easier for me to talk to other people and not her especially when like I don't know I think because she just known me for so long mm-hmm. it's kind of like with my mom like she's she known me for so long that she knows like when something is wrong off the rip or off the bat so that's how it's been for me okay I actually have a question mm-hmm. has social media like influenced how you handle your mental health whether it is in a good way or a negative way oh definitely mm. um because i could be in a depressive episode and still be on instagram or still be on facebook sharing memes like nothing's wrong what yeah and and i and i finally realized what people say when they say like social media isn't real because even the people that you think their lives are perfect that girl you went to college with who has like two kids and a beautiful husband who yachts on the in the south of france every summer she's going through shit Mm -hmm. she's showing you her good times not her bad yes you know what i mean people that you think oh they have the world they have money they did do this they're going through stuff Mm mm-hmm Recently on on YouTube in 2019, before 2020, this um, makeup guru, quote unquote guru, um, I don't know why I said it like that, but that's who he is. He went he went through a mental health crisis because he got what is called canceled on the internet. And get canceled, that is when people stop supporting you, yes. people start attacking you, mm-hmm. and. I can see how mentally that could be really frustrating and harmful, which is why I personally, I don't, I'm really back and forth on whether I subscribe to cancel culture on the internet Mm -hmm. just because of that. Because I know it, like, these are people. And it's the same thing with, like, tabloids and stuff like that. And the reason why you see celebrities act out. I remember in the early 2000s, Kanye punched a paparazzi. And to be honest with you, to this day, I'm on his side for that. Because why are you... Why are you in my face with a camera? And then I'm telling you to back off. I'm telling you to go away. I want my personal space. I, I, I was like, you know what? They got what they got. There's been times where Justin Bieber spit in the paparazzi's face. Guess why? He wanted his privacy. And you can't say this is what these people signed up for. Because that's not fair all the time. But with this guru, is something he was, there's no evidence that he did. And it's a really, it's illegal. But there's no evidence that he did it. And he told us on he told a story already about how if he didn't have certain friends and family there checking on him every day, he would not be with us. So it just goes to show that like people on the internet, people on social media, it's all a front. Everybody is fronting for everybody else. Everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know what I'm saying? So no, I get it. I actually have a different view on it because to me, 
I, like you've noticed this, I've been off of social media more than I used to be because I felt like right. I was being bombarded with a lot of things that caused me anxiety. So for example, like COVID news, Black Lives Matter, the riots, the deaths, everything was bothering me. And I took me a long time to realize like, okay, I need to step away. But I also decided that I needed to just update my social media in regards to who I'm following. So when I would follow people, I would follow people that gave me inspiration, that told me to accept that, okay, yes, there's a lot of crap going on in the world and you need to take a breath, take a breath, learn to pause on anything and everything that might be bothering you. So I started following a lot of self-love, self-care, Instagrams. I don't go on Facebook anymore. I think Facebook is too complicated. And I also got tired of the quote-unquote allies that wanted to support us. That's everywhere, though. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, that's everywhere. But I feel like at least the allies I that are in my group, you can't see the air quotes, but the air quotes are there that reached out to try to check on me to make sure I was okay, Mm -hmm. and then stopped once a certain verdict was reached or whatever, they Mm -hmm. still preached about the good they did or the good they're trying to do on Facebook. At least with Instagram, I follow people that are like, hey, it's okay to have anxiety. It's okay if you feel like you're having a bad day. It's okay if you don't feel pretty today. It's okay to be like single. It's okay to be confused. It's okay. Everything's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Whatever you feel and whatever you're thinking, it's valid. And I appreciated that. Yeah. I uh, See, and the thing is, I get what you're saying, with, especially with the ally thing. Um, but on, on my timeline on Facebook and Instagram, people are still preaching pro everybody. So I can't relate to fake allies. Sorry. But... but when you come to like only following or only following people that make you feel good I I can't do that and this is why I'm a little toxic because I have to follow people who make me feel a little bad about myself just so that I'm motivated it's a motivation when I when I see like rich people on Instagram it's motivation a little bit to like this is what I'm gonna have when I am rich when I am successful when I have my life together, when I can pay for my mom's home, when I, you know what I mean? When I can travel around the world and do what I want. You know what I mean? It is, it is to a certain, to a certain degree, motivate. It's a, it's what you, what I aspire to. You know what I mean? I always want to look at the, the toxic people who are like, look at my new Lamborghini. No, no, <laughs> no, I do not. But at the end of the day, I, I like a little bit of both. So I have a little bit of both on my Instagram. I f- I'll follow that rich bitch, but I also follow like, humble yourself, you're enough. <laughs> but I, see, I can't hear that every day. I can't hear that you're enough crap every day. What? Girl. You know why? Because why? I've always been that bitch. I know I'm that bitch. Oh, okay. No, true, true, true. Like I've always been the type of person to be like, yeah, I know, but I want more. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm the type of person, I just want more out of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess some people could think it's toxic because, like, you just want to be rich. Yes. <laughs> you want to be rich, too, but you don't think it's possible. That's not my fault. I know what's possible for myself. 
All right, so now I'm actually going to jump into our three questions because you talked Ooh. about toxics, uh, thoughts and toxic behavior. So are you ready? Uh, sure. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> are there toxic thoughts and behaviors that you feel you need to get rid of? Yes. Explain, explain. Definitely. So it... <laughs> It's so bad <laughs> because I'm such an impress, you know, because I'm such an impressionable person that is this is really bad. But I've been like this since I was little, and I don't know if you remember the made for TV movie about Fantasia. But anyways, there was a part in the beginning where she got she got teased for having dark skin and big lips, and she said in the mirror, "You're ugly, you're ugly." But then as she got older, she said, "You're ugly, but work what you got." And after I saw that, I said it to myself, you're fat. <laughs> you're fat. No, you didn't. Yes. Oh. I was a little kid. And I got to tell myself for years, you're fat. But you know what? You're going to work it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It should not be this funny, but it's like, what was I thinking? But like, and I'm trying, I have tried, I'm, I'm trying to get out of like that habit because like in my twenties, I, I really got out of it. Cause I'm uh-huh. like, I should not be telling myself that that is horrible. But the days, but, but the days I do not feel attractive, I will still look at the mirror and be like, you're so fat, bitch. <laughs> Lose some weight. I can't believe you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but then of course I because I'm trying to get out of that I'm like okay no like you're beautiful like this is who you are like if you want to lose weight you're going to lose weight yes. but don't tell yourself you're ugly and fat <laughs> yes oh my goodness that's terrible <laughs> I don't mean to laugh it's oh terrible but it's funny because I was such an impressionable child mm-hmm. and such an impressionable impressionable person period mm-hmm. because and this is why like when I was younger I wanted to be an actress because I would watch TV and try to like act out the scenes from the film Jesus Christ <laughs> but like I, I meant that shit when I said that to myself though <laughs> no um <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be so bad everyone's like they're laughing at their trauma <laughs> Yes. Fuck. <laughs> We're being toxic by laughing. Another toxic trait I have is one like a guy like in real life, not online. Online, I don't know why I believe it more online, but when a guy like in real life looks at me with interest, and I'm not talking about like an ugly man that I have no interest in. They will always look at me because ugly men have no standards. But like a guy I find attractive, if they look at me with interest, I will not believe them. Because when I was younger, I had that trick played on me where, like, my boy likes you. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it was just, like, that in itself is toxic. But then, like, the thought process of if a man likes you, he's joking or playing. Okay. Um, Which is why, like, yeah. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) And also, just, like, just little things from childhood. Like, sometimes I do not. I just get mad and don't tell people how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think anybody wants to hear it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. These are things I'm working on actively, but those are just like some of the toxic traits I have or my I might have. Okay. How about you? Um, actually, you brought up one of the mine, and I I feel like you've noticed this already is the fact that I don't tell people when I'm feeling upset or I'm feeling down or there's something wrong with me. I sit there and let it fester until it 
say if it's like something very upsetting, I let it fester until it comes and blows up into this huge thing. So that's one of the things. I also have a strong sense, which is so funny because I know I am very capable of doing and being amazing at whatever I do, but there are times where I feel like I have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Mm, and same. Yes, and it's really weird because you can ask anybody else. I'll be like, I'm more than capable. I can do this. I can handle this. I will give you to and provide you with the best work ever. And then when something comes around, I'm like, Ooh, do I really deserve this? Do I do? Am I right. good enough? But I think my biggest one is the fact that I hold my feelings in, or I feel like, or I don't express my feelings. So. And it's funny because you were the one that told me during the summer <laughs> that my feelings are valid. I always feel that people, like I'm lucky. I have so many things. I have a roof over my head. I have food to eat. I have a job that pays. I have clothes on my back. I have the option to walk to supermarkets. I don't have to travel. I don't have to like, Pray and hope that I have money to eat or to do anything at night. I can still go out if I want. So if I'm having a bad day, why do I have the right to complain? I have so much stuff going well in my life. Why do I need to complain about anything? There are other people that are struggling. There are other people that need help. And here I am, as privileged as I am, just having an episode. Uh, that's what I would call it, my episode. I don't deserve to feel this way. And for the longest time, I felt that. And yeah, it took two people to be like, hey, stop, stop thinking that way. Like, obviously it still takes time and it still is very difficult for me to come out of that. And I just have to learn to work on as time goes. But yeah, people, someone had to tell me that, you know, your feelings are valid. It's okay to feel upset or to feel sad or to just not feel like having a good day so yeah that's my toxic behavior um i just realized another one for myself Mm -hmm. and it's not like a toxic behavior or trait it's just like an issue i have Mm -hmm. so those of you do not know i have some type of daddy issue because mine disowned me from the time i was born yay daddy issue club anyway I, originally, I wanted to call this podcast Daddy Issues. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> this podcast is not getting called that. Because I wanted to talk about all the ways that men have fucked us up, but whatever. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so my, one of the traits I have is I have abandonment issues or like issues of not be like feeling or being like wanted because um, obviously my own father disowned me and told me I'm not his child. Not to my face, but... Mm-hmm. same same thing so I do have like those issues of like rejection and like abandonment like I used to follow my mom to the bathroom when I was younger mm-hmm. and she could have been taking a shit and I would still sit there at the edge of the tub and look at her oh Andrew. I think little kids just do that in general but I feel like I had reasons mm-hmm. and I, I think it's one of the reasons why my mom and I are so close today to be honest but because you followed her. Not because I sat on the edge of the tub while she shitted, but <laughs> I 
So, <laughs> but because like she was like, and I did have a father figure. Her father was my father figure. Like I had my uncle. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I was just. It was just me and my mom. Like I grew up with my grandparents, but still, it, I mean, it feels shitty when you find out like your father don't want you. It's it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Which is why I still think we could be called daddy issues for second season. We're not being called daddy issues. We're no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Can you imagine someone's gonna email us or DM us and be like, "You should really call yourselves daddy issues, Sasha. You got some too." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Uh, where do you think her anxiety comes from guys <laughs> oh my god my mental health <laughs> but anyway okay now this actually leads into a, a different question okay so in regards to your mental health then what is something you want me to know or what is something that you want to tell me or ways I can support you so when I'm really mad, this is something you, you actually should know. When mm-hmm. I'm actually really pissed off and mad, I do not want to talk. Mm-hmm. I don't want to verbally express myself because I'm reckless with the mouth. I hurt feelings. I close down shops. Mm-hmm. I stop people in the sidewalk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and also like, I just don't want to talk. Like, I just... I don't want to like I just I will walk away from the situation Mm -hmm. if I'm really mad you know what I mean or I'm angry because I don't think that's the time to express myself I don't think extremely angry is the time to express myself so I will either walk away or just be like I'll talk to you later or like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I'll try I'll try to get myself out out of the argument somehow or I'll just text because like texting I feel like I can still filter myself but like words like a tube with toothpaste once you say it you can't put it back in Mm -hmm. and I don't want to ever say something to somebody that resonates with them to the point where they're like I just can't be your friend anymore or Mm -hmm. this changed how I looked at you because why would you say that Mm -hmm. you know what I mean now for strangers I don't give a fuck Jesus Christ (laughs) I I will tell you that's why your mama broke hoe and mean it (laughs) Leandro but (laughs) but um, that's what that's the number one thing I tell people. Also, when I fall down and I don't answer, I'm okay. I just need to let the pain subside. No, no, don't start with that foolishness. You have the audacity. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. That is worse off. That is not mental health. That is not mental health. Sorry. But it's but like but like I feel like it's mental health because mentally I be thinking I'm fine <laughs> and I can't get up. Side note, I'm a clumsy asshole. So. <laughs> Got some nerve. The audacity. But I back to mental you. health. I can't believe you. I want to fight you right now. <laughs> when I'm like about to cry, I stop talking. Because mm-hmm. I don't like crying in front of people. I know you know this, but like it takes me a while to, to cry in front of people. Yes. It takes it, Because it takes me a while to get vulnerable in front of people. Because again, as a kid, I was I was bullied actually in middle school. And where I showed my vulnerable side and was taken advantage of or walked on or seen as who cares? We're still going to like be shitty to you. Mm-hmm. So I learned to hide my vulnerability. Um, things you learned early. Oh my gosh. But I remember um, our two friends once told me that they were watching something on sociopaths and they thought I was a sociopath because they'd never seen me cry. What? What? Oh. 
not to wait, friends. No, that's what you have to say. That's what you have to say, sis. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, what, bitch? <laughs> and and one of them was like, yeah, like we thought you were sociopath because we've never seen you cry. And I was like, what? I was like, why? Just because I don't cry in front of people? I'm not a crybaby. And they were just like, yeah. Well, the girl that told me was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. But I really don't cry in front of people um, like that. Mm-hmm. It took it took me it took me like a year and a half to cry in front of you. The funny thing is you actually, like the only time you ever cried in front of me was when you were stressed out about something. I think the one major time I noticed you cried in front of me <laughs> was because someone stressed you out at work and you were so mad at him. <laughs> Oh my God, I remember that. <laughs> so, quick story time. Um, it was this this man who I worked with and he was good at his job when he did it. Let's just say that. Like he wasn't bad at doing the job because it wasn't a hard job. But when he but when he did it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he came in, it was his birthday that day, so I guess he felt like he shouldn't have been doing anything. And I felt like I was doing all the work. And I was supposed to work with him <laughs> in that area where it was only two of us supposed to be working. But because it was his birthday, he felt like, let me chat it up with the rest of the crew. And it was irritating to the point where I literally came downstairs crying in front of like the kitchen workers and somebody from upstairs. And I was like, I'm gonna fuck him up. I don't care. (laughs) Like I was crying, crying. And then like, I finally sat down at like, and just started crying and they called and Sasha was my supervisor so they called Sasha I was like hey one of the kitchen girls was like hey you need to go check in the room and it was so funny it was the girl that left to go get Sasha I didn't know why she left but I thought she left because I was crying she didn't want to hear me cry so oh. it actually made me cry harder oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh but dang and then when she finally came back with a glass of water and Sasha, I was like, oh, people do love me. They care. Oh, my God. <laughs> and what was so funny is the person I was like, I wanted to fuck up. He actually asked another one of our, my coworkers, like, hey, is Landra okay? And she looked at him and she told me she looked at him like she would have fuck you up. But she didn't tell him that. She was just like, yeah, she'll be fine. He's like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. I do remember that. <laughs> but yeah, I really don't cry in front of people like that. Like, it takes me a while to get vulnerable like that. Like, like, ooh, ew. <laughs> you want to cry over past trauma with me? No, thank you. Let's have a good time first. I'm dead. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know. One thing I just want you to know about me specifically is that there are days where I'm just going to be quiet. And you, you've already seen this. This happens. It's not like, oh, because I also... I am an introvert. There are days I'm just like, huh, people interaction. No, thank you. But yeah, I do try to at least pop in and be like, hey, guys, I'm alive. I'm just having introvert problems today. But no, when I'm really having like a mental health day, I most time people can't reach me. I'm just quiet. So if I say, oh, I need space or any time, it's because of that. It's not because like, oh, I, I don't want to talk to nobody today because I hate them or, oh God, that's so, so not nice. But it's mostly because I just like to be with myself and only myself. And those days- No, I get it. I tend to just- I'm, I'm, I know those days are like me calling up like, hey, are you dead? And you're like, no, I'm fine. Then I hang up. Yeah. 
And then it's just like, and also I do feel bad too because I remember one time you were just like, you don't want to be on the phone with me anymore. This is like, it's not that I don't want to be on the phone. It's that I'm crying. I'm really having a hard day and I just want to be in bed. I just want someone to feed me ice cream or something like that. Like today, today's a sushi day. Cause you know, election day. If you don't know this by now, guys, we're recording on election day and my anxiety is a little, little up there because <laughs> God already knows if this man wins, this country is just going to go even more to shit. So I'm going to treat myself to sushi today because I deserve it. Well, yeah, but also like I'm just a needy ass bitch. So don't worry about me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't even know what to say that. Sis, do you need a hug? Do you need me to love? No. But like, here's the thing. I don't, like, a lot of my friends tell me, like, you don't like people. It's not that I don't like people. I'm just not, like, I don't cozy up to everybody in the world. I'm nice to everybody. If you don't, like, give me weird vibes, um, I'll be nice to you. If not, then, sorry, you did something wrong. Okay, I'm gonna counteract that one you nice to everybody people like to talk to you i'm just like why is she talking to these strangers what's going but on here i don't cozy up to everybody so when i make friends i get attached which is why i can't do the whole like casual relationship culture that people like to do hookup culture oh. um, i can't do that because i get attached too easily to people like if i like you i like you that's it oh okay i i thought you meant like like platonic friendship like oh i can't no, do this it's casual both. no it's both oh, really no no can. it's both no i can't it's both i can't oh. like if i like you as a, as a friend you're my friend that's it mm. you're stuck with me until like you do something stupid oh 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 my gosh okay. I, like i'm not gonna hold on to toxic relationships that's just not me that's right but it's the same thing with romantic partners that's what i'm saying ah and that's why I can't do the whole like hookup culture thing okay or casual romantic relationships because to me it's not casual to me we already got married sorry what what I'm not saying when I first meet you but like I said like if we spend a lot of time together I get attached we've been going out for a few months like you're my boyfriend now that's it like you know what I mean Girl, we're going to have to talk about that. That's so interesting to hear. Because, okay, it's because when I, I, like I said, like, especially guys, I don't go crazy over guys like that. Like, and you know this, like, I'm very like, mm, yeah. you, you have to be on, like, you have to kind of be like entrepreneurial, ambitious, go-getter, goal-oriented. And you have to want to like one day be like me mm-hmm. or where I feel like I'm going. And not everybody's like that. True, true, true. I think that's so and funny. And so when I finally find someone like that, uh-huh. and I like them, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, well, say bye to Lucy and Sally. You're no longer talking to them anymore. <laughs> okay, because like it's so funny because I remember you were talking to someone and I was the one hyping you up. I'm like, yes, yes, let's like what's it called? We can go on double dates. And you're just like Sasha, calm down. Because we were only talking for like a couple of weeks and he was being weird, weird, even talking for those couple of weeks. So I knew it was going to work out. If I know something's not going to work out, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to get my hopes up. But if like we've been on dates, we've been talking for a few months, it's, it seems like it's about to go somewhere and you got all the qualities I want in a man, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's it. Like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> like, you're done, ta- you're done being a hoe. Say bye to your hoe face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe they wasn't trying to be a hoe. 
I feel like this is another topic for another day. This is a whole another. But what I'm what I'm saying is like I can't. I just can't take that mentally. I can't take it. Like this little competition. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. All right. Well, we're reaching the end of our time. So I want to say thank you guys so much for listening in today. Like we were saying, this is towards the end of our season. We have one more episode to go. But yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Black and Bougie Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Black Bougie One, right? Yes, ma'am. And you can also um, find us on follow- our personal Instagrams. I'm Curvy Donut. And I'm Sasha Chad. You can follow us on our journeys. You can follow um, my aesthetic board. That's why I basically call the podcast Instagram my aesthetic board for <laughs> the aesthetic of a bitch who's black and bougie. And you can follow um, Sasha and I just on our personal journeys. Thank you for listening in today. Bye.